Good morning, and welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. This is the podcast recording for August 16th, 2020. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths, and I'd like to say thank you for joining us and tuning in and listening. Um, I have a couple announcements for us before we begin our worship service. The first one is Reverend Sharon uh, Jagedlander is going to be preaching her the sermon of her uh, the title of her sermon is reliable witness and she'll be preaching from the text first john 1 1 through 4 Um, i'm going to be on vacation and i'm looking forward to hearing what god has to share uh, through sharon next week also we have a drive-in movie it's this friday instead of saturday on august 21st and the movie that we're going to be showing in our back lot is Muppets Take Manhattan. Great film. Totally great film. Show up around 7.30, 7.45, and get a good spot because the movie will start about 8 p.m. Uh, once again, that's in the back parking lot of our Presbyterian Church of the Covenant campus. And then um, next, and September 6th, we're going to be having, it's a Sunday. It's the first Sunday in September. It's also uh, Labor Day weekend. And we'll be doing, at 10 o'clock in the morning, a drive-in worship service. I could not be more excited. Um, So make sure you show up, and uh, we'll be radio broadcasting uh, from the back, in the back lot of our our campus. And uh, I'll be preaching, and it'll be transmitted through 88.5 on your radio. And uh, you'll be able to tune in and hear God's word and see my face from afar and uh i don't know if you should bring popcorn or not but we'll see you know we'll leave that to to the how the spirit leads you and then um i sent out an email this week from a a friend of ours reverend bianca quezada she actually preached at my installation service and she is serving at bethany presbyterian church in um, seattle washington and I was given a good idea by them. So if you could, find a candle somewhere um, in your house and light it. And knowing that it's, it symbolizes the Christ candle. And uh, we're joining forces with churches all around the world, actually, in the liturgical habit of, as you begin to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, the Christ candle is lit. And then at the end of the service, it is extinguished, symbolizing that we're, we are passed on the light of Christ as we exit the worship service. Um, so pause it right now, grab a candle, and light it um, as you uh, draw your yourself into the presence of of the living God. Our call to worship this morning comes from Psalm 133. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It is like the precious oils on the head running down upon the beard, on the beard of Aaron running down over the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord ordained his blessing, life forevermore. Let us worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. 
Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to today's children's message. Every Sunday, we talk about God's love. But today, I wanted to read a special passage about it and leave you with a special reminder that God loves you. So listen carefully as I read from 1 John 4, 7 through 11. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Wow, God loves us so much and gave us such a precious gift in Jesus. Remember today, tomorrow, and every day that God loves you. Paul reminds the early church in the book of Philippians, God exalted Jesus to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Together, let us confess our sins against God and neighbor. Holy and risen Lord, in the days of Paul and the early church, believers affirmed their faith by saying, Jesus is Lord. Today, we give lip service to that same affirmation. But in truth, we find it difficult to surrender control of our lives to you. Instead of bowing our knee to you and honoring you as Lord, we act as masters of our own lives. O Lord, forgive us. Remind us that above all names, your name is holy. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. Forgive us, Lord, that we may receive your mercy and walk in the joy of surrendering to you and following you all the days of our lives. We pray these things in the name that is indeed above all names, the name of Jesus. Amen. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might be dead to sin and alive to righteousness. Believe the good news of the gospel. In Christ Jesus, we are forgiven. Hear the holy roar of God resound Watch the waters part before us now Come and see what He has done for us Tell the world of His great love Our God's a God who saves Our God's a God who saves Saves, let God arise.
Let God arise Our God reigns now and forever He reigns now and forever And His enemies will run for sure And the church will stand, she will endure For he holds the keys of life, our Lord Death has no stake, no final word Our God is a God who saves Our God is a God who saves Let God arise, let God arise Our God reigns now and forever Let God arise, let God arise. Our God reigns now and forever. He reigns now and forever. Sing this after me. Our God is a God who saves again. Our God is a God who saves. Our God is a God who saves. Sing it like you mean it. Our God is a God who saves. Last time. Our God is a God who saves. Let God arise. Let God arise. He reigns now and forever. Let God arise. Let God arise. Our God reigns now and forever. He reigns now and forever. He reigns. We are continuing in our series of the wisdom literature written by Solomon. And this morning we are studying Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Um, the, the book gets its title from the opening phrase of the book. It says, the words of the teacher. That word teacher, translated teacher in the NIV, is quaheleth in Hebrew. And that word in Hebrew can be translated um, numerous ways. It's interesting because Ecclesiastes, I recognize it right away from my my limited Greek knowledge. It sounds like ecclesia, um, which is the early um, title of the church, uh, of church people, or the gathering of of teachers or the gathering of seekers or the gathering of searchers. I like um, 
Eugene Peterson's taken the message, the words of the quester. Um, maybe it's just because it, it's Quaheleth in Hebrew and quester in English, but um, I love that Solomon leaves out his name, actually, in the introduction of this book. But we do know it's Solomon because the next phrase is the, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Notice we, we, we we're just coming from studying Proverbs. I, I I love that Solomon, he kind of doesn't even reckon, like he doesn't even acknowledge himself, but he does continually acknowledge and he wants the audience to know this is David's boy. Um, and another thing I want to reiterate before we hear from God's word is Solomon the author of this is the wisest person alive. So let's turn our eyes to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, and I'll start, ver- start reading in verse 1 and end in 11. The words of the quester, the son of David, king in Jerusalem, vanity of vanities, says the quester. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What do people gain from all the toil at which they toil under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun goes down and hurries to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes around to the north. Round and round goes the winds. And on its circuits, the wind returns. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they continue to flow. All things are wearisome, more than one can express. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, or the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, see, this is new. It has already been in the ages before us. The people of long ago are not remembered, nor will there be any remembrance of people yet to come by those who come after them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, as you first glance at this text, there's an obvious call to ponder. Um, I remember I was living in Muskegon, Michigan, and I was serving an older congregation, and one of those, you know, pillars, those rudders, you know, those people that kind of steer the church. A guy named Don DeLong, I remember him saying once in one of our Bible studies, um, age does not equal wisdom. And it spurred a conversation, and I agree with him. Um, There's a lot of people that think they're adults that haven't really spent any time thinking, so they haven't really grown. Um, this, This book... 
he it makes me think of the 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 quote by Socrates: "The unexamined life is not worth living." I remember I took a, apologetics from a professor J.P. Moreland, in, uh, and I remember him challenging everyone in the class. We need to be philosophizers also. I don't think philosophizers is a word, but I think he still used it. Uh, we we all need we we need to have a rational faith as followers of Jesus. And um, the commentator Golden Gay, John Golden Gay, says the questions in Ecclesiastes are not questions of an atheist or an agnostic. They are the questions of a, of a believer who wants to keep faith honest. So I think our call to ponder comes from this text. And I want to invite us all into that call. Um, a disclaimer. I think a lot of times we as followers of Jesus, we as um, Christians... I think questioning is the opposite of faith. And I, that couldn't be further from the truth. And especially in times like this, I, I, I know I've felt sometimes when I'm, I have my doubts and I have my questions, I feel like I'm kind of going crazy. But that couldn't be further from the truth. I quote Don Maddox once again. Uh, I think I've quoted him a couple times on this uh, since I've been here. God doesn't mind being questioned. He hates being ignored. And as we enter into the study on Ecclesiastes, I want us to give, uh, I want us to have the freedom to, to explore to ask these questions and like Golden Gay says ask these questions and keep our faith honest so as we move through the text that's the overall picture I think the, this first section that I just read the first thing that popped off is there's a call to be ponderers to, to be questers like Solomon himself and I think the, the first thing that comes out of the couple of verses is um, a call for perspective. Uh, Stedman, uh, a commentator, he says, maybe the subtitle of Ecclesiastes should be uh, Things That Don't Work. Because <laughs> uh, you notice he, he goes through these things and his first verse where he talks about how um, vanity of vanities. That's not a, um, the, my face is pretty vanities. I, that, that, that question, that in the Hebrew, the word um, is best translated probably emptiness. I remember a friend of mine studying it in the Hebrew said, I think a a good translation would be bubbles. Bubbles, bubbles. All of it is just bubbles. It's it's all the things that people are trying to fill their life with, myself included, 
yourself included on the bad days. It's all bubbles. It's all emptiness. Um, everyone's trying to make these things work, but they simply don't. This is another quote from Stedman on this text. He says, the Hebrew way of declaring, the way, the way that uh, Solomon says, vanity of vanities, this is all, everything, all of its vanities, is, is the superlative way of saying there is nothing more empty, nothing more futile than life. Now, then he rolls into all these cycles and he, he sees, you know, like the, the wind blows round and round, the streams run and there's the, the, the evaporation cycle, you know, mentioned. He, he mentions all this routine and out of this mentioning of all these routines, there's a call to be discontent. It's kind of in between the lines there. You have to look over and over it. But the, there's, a, there's a sense of, okay, we as humans, we, we don't last forever. The earth does. And there's something wrong with that, right? Didn't God create us as images of himself? And so there's a call to be discontent with sin, I think. And the way that sin has entered into the world and the world seemingly outlasts us. And then he digs even deeper and he's making observations and he's making... And then those observations kind of go to a level of um, challenge, right? And so these challenges are a call to perspective, you know, vanity, empty. Like another translation for that vanity is is breath. Um, It's all empty. And so we get this call to perspective and then we get this call to be discontent of like, how come this thing is outlasting me? Eugene Peterson, once again, I'll go to him. He quotes, he says, um, Ecclesiastes, this passage challenges the naive optimism that sets a goal that appeals to us and then goes after it with gusto, expecting the good life. Expecting the good life. Um, I... I I don't know if you've been trapped in that, but I sure have. I have had those times where I thought that I could pull myself up by the bootstraps. But the world was simply bigger. And so then it ends with where the people of long ago are not remembered, nor will there be any remembrance of people yet to come by those who who come after them. I think that there's first this call to ponder, and then there's this call to perspective, um, and then there's this call to be discontent. 
and now we have this called perspective and discontent kind of mixing together and a call to humility in that last verse in verse 11. Eugene Peterson puts it this way, it is our propensity to go off on our own trying to be human by our own devices and desires that makes Ecclesiastes necessary reading. Do you catch that? We have a propensity to go off on our own, to try and be human, to try and be who we were designed to be. And I I couldn't agree with him more. This, this reminds us that the truth is the only way that we're ever going to be human, quote unquote, is by going to the God who made us. Notice there's all those just levelers, those, those statements that, okay, you think you're amazing? Look in, the, look in the history books. There have been way more amazing people than you that have been forgotten. You think you've come up with something new? Nope. The, a, a woman or a man came up with that idea long before you were born. Now, how do we apply this text? I'd like to challenge us along with my, uh, you know, my apologetics professor, that J.P. Moreland. He, he, he said, you know, like, we as followers of Jesus need to um, be philosophizers, you know. Uh, be, be wisdom seekers, be lovers of wisdom. That's what the philosophy means. Um, and he challenged the class, and I'm challenging us. Ponder. Try and come up with a phrase that would fit into Ecclesiastes. Just an observation about the way the world works. I'll give you a little disclaimer. Um, if you do this well, you can be an observation uh, comedian. You know, there's a, I think that's what they call the observation comedians. Um, they just observe things like uh, there was a Mitch Hedberg he says uh, is a hippopotamus really just a very cool potamus you know <laughs> you know the word hip is in hippopotamus anyway um, I'm not thinking I, I don't want you to all become comedians I want us all to maybe close your eyes over this next week and try and think what does what do I see with my eyes closed and what can I learn from that maybe take your hands and study the lines and try and ponder what the lines on your hand say about you maybe a message from your creator I'm not challenging us all to be mystics. I'm challenging us all to start using our brains and start thinking, does this fit? I've read this in scripture. Does this fit in reality? 
um, to keep our faith like golden and gay, honest. That's what I'm challenging us to. What else? Um, we're all called through this te text to have perspective. Look at your day planner. Look at what you filled it with. Look at what is on your calendar on the things to come. Are they things that are going to last? Do they have a deeper point? Look at the conversations you're having with your family. Look at the, the ways that you're talking to your children, your grandchildren. I think we're called in this text also to a holy discontent. To notice there's a lot of suffering around and have conversations with the God who made us about why, how, what am I supposed to be learning through this? And there's a call to humility. I feel like I've said this numerous times over the last couple of weeks, and maybe it's a message that you need to hear. Maybe it's a message I need to hear more and more. Um, maybe I'm thinking too highly of myself. You know, maybe you're thinking too highly of yourself. Keep in mind that most of what you do is not going to be remembered. It's harsh, but it's true. And most of what I do, I'm a little cog in a really big system. Amen. As we continue in worship, I, I have yet another praise report. Um, before we take our tithes and offering, the total from our tithes and offering uh, for the last couple weeks is $15,085. What a good God we serve. Amen. Amen. If you'd like to continue to participate by um, giving your tithes and offerings to this local outpost, the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, please do so by sending them to uh, the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received. Bigger than all my problems, bigger than all my fears, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all my questions, bigger than anything, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all my problems, bigger than all my fears, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all my questions, bigger than anything, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all the shadows that fall across my back, God is bigger than any mountain that I 
care or cannot see. Bigger than all the confusion, bigger than anything. God is bigger than any mountain that I care or cannot see. Bigger than all the giants of fear and unbelief, God is bigger than any mountain that I care or cannot see. Gracious God, because we are not strong enough to pray as we should, you provide Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit to intercede for us in power. In this confidence, we ask you to accept our prayers. We pray that you will strengthen this nation to pursue just priorities so that races may be reconciled, the young educated and the old cared for, the hungry filled, and the homeless housed, and the sick comforted and healed. We pray for this nation and the election process. Help us as good citizens to respect neighbors whose views differ from ours so that we may work together on issues that divide us and elect candidates to serve the common welfare. Bring an attitude of fairness and decency to the campaigning. Direct those who govern that they may rule fairly, maintain order, uphold those in need, and defend oppressed people, that this world may claim your rule and know true peace. We give you thanks, most gracious God, for the beauty of earth and sea and sky. And so we share the pain of seeing these many fierce fires that are burning thousands of acres at this time. We ask that you place your protecting hands around homeowners in the areas and on the firefighters struggling for hours and hours in the heat to bring control to the fire lines. Protect homes, protect lives, we pray. Bring weather conditions that will help diminish the flames. We continue to pray for the COVID virus. We pray that people may exercise caution and the numbers of infected people and deaths may continue to decrease. We pray for those working on a vaccine that an effective one may soon be created and people may have that protection. We pray for the schools and decisions about in-school versus distant learning that must be made, keeping in mind the safety of the children and the educators. 
Merciful God, you bear the pain of the world. Look with compassion on those who are sick, those who are dealing with medical challenges, and those feeling the effects of aging. We pray for Terry Ewan as she is facing surgery. We pray for Frank and Diane Ortiz that you be their strength and refuge in the health crises they face. We pray for others who are named in our hearts. Heal all in body, mind, or circumstances. God of comfort, stand with all who grieve. Give them hope for the future and the consolation of your comforting presence. We ask for comfort for Elsie and her extended family as her nephew and his wife have suffered the death of one of their premature twins, Hudson. We continue to pray for his brother Zion as he grows and develops that he may be strong and healthy. Gracious God, because you have called us your children, we are bold to ask for what we need, confident in your goodness through faith in our Lord and brother, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Before I send us out with the benediction, I just want to remind everybody that uh, Muppets Take Manhattan will be showing in our back wrecking lot this Friday. And uh, Sharon will be preaching on next week's podcast, so please uh, tune in. But now, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. Amen.